Hello, and welcome to Progress Your Beer. My name is Garrett Allen, and I am a professional brewer and an avid brewer at home. This is episode number six, and today's topic is going to be non-alcoholic beers and a home brewer's alternatives. Non-alcoholic beers, they seem to be like they're the talk of the town lately, and I've seen a lot of threads about homebrewers trying to get recipes for these non-alcoholic beers. As awesome as it is to see people looking for healthier alternatives, the traditional methods for making non-alcoholic beer are most likely not obtainable on the homebrew level. However, in this episode, I'll talk about potential alternatives and maybe just compromising on the uh, the complete removal of alcohol. And just a quick interruption here. Um, if you like this information and find it helpful um, or useful in any way, I'd love a five-star review and rating on your platform of choice. And, uh, and please tell a friend. It helps drive organic growth, which is really awesome. Okay, back to the stuff you you want to hear. So first off, I'll discuss the methods commercial brewers use to make non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes good. Some brewers will try to arrest fermentation. What that means is they'll brew a beer like normal, pitch the yeast, and, and let the yeast go to work. But then once once the yeast hits a, a certain attenuation level, um, where it's around that 0.5% ABV mark, um, the brewer will actually chill the beer to halt the fermentation process and let the yeast flocculate out. This makes for warty beer uh, or beer that just tastes unfinished, um, like a little like saccharine sweet, and that in, in my mind just doesn't feel and represent actual beer. Um, and some will also try to distill or evaporate the alcohol off, which hardly works and makes pretty rough tasting beer. Uh, at my brewery, uh, uh, someone wanted to do an experiment with non-alcoholic beer, and we don't really have any of the high-tech equipment to make non-alcoholic beer. And he just wanted to see what the result would be if we would just evaporate the alcohol off um, just by fermenting out the beer, bringing that beer back to the kettle after fermentation, heating it up, and essentially boiling it uh, for a few hours to try and evaporate off that alcohol. We even used CO2 and bubbled it up from the bottom of the kettle as we were boiling it to try and reduce oxidation at those elevated temperatures, uh, especially post-fermentation, and then to also help drive off that volatile ethanol. However, by the end, when all was said and done and in packaging, the beer really smelled and tasted just like green bean casserole, and I'm pretty certain that when he got the ABV tested by a lab, it was still only around the 2% ABV mark. Um, so 
this just really is not an effective way to actually make non-alcoholic beer, aside from the fact that it just didn't make a tasty result. But I will talk about the three methods that I know that that commercial breweries are using to create tasty non-alcoholic beers. One of them is vacuum distillation. It's essentially the same thought process as the method I just mentioned. However, you're pulling a vacuum. This can work, uh, but I think there are better ways to do it. Vacuum distillation uh, methods require a lot of energy and has a lot more potential to create off flavors from heating the beer and keeping that beer at elevated temperatures for an extended period of time. You do have to heat the beer utilizing vacuum distillation. I've seen comments and suggestions that imply that you can vacuum off all of the ethanol at room temperature, and it just doesn't work that way. You can reduce the temperature you need to process the beer at to remove the amount of alcohol you want, but it still certainly requires heating. And the effectiveness of this method is determined by the efficiency and effective vacuum you can pull. The second method is reverse osmosis, utilizing specialized membranes. This is what I hear most breweries making successful non-alcoholic beers use. Brewers will make a beer like normal uh, with full fermentation, uh, and then post-fermentation they will concentrate the beer by removing water and alcohol by running the beer through those reverse osmosis membranes and then they reconstitute the concentrated beer with de-aerated water to the final flavor or concentration they want. This in turn uh, removes and dilutes the alcohol in the beer to below that 0.5 ABV threshold for a beer to be legally defined as non-alcoholic, uh, in the US anyway. And then finally, the third option is what's called falling film evaporation. This one is incredibly interesting to me as a wannabe chemical engineer. I actually learned about this concept in college, but never thought to apply it to beer and de-alcoholizing. GEA, uh, which is a technology company that is well known in the beer industry for centrifuges and specialized processing equipment, has a nice concept video on their website if you're curious. But it's essentially a vertical shell and tube heat exchanger that's designed to have beer flow like a waterfall uh, down a lot of small tubes while steam heats the outsides of those tubes. The ethanol uh, and some water is evaporated off and then the effluent vapor and liquid enter a two-phase separator where the concentrated liquid is left at the bottom of the vessel and the vapor is allowed to escape from the top above the liquid line. The results can be really nice as the thin film separation allows for more gentle and quick processing and retention of flavors. Uh, Weinstefaner is a brewery I know that is utilizing this method to make their NA beers. It also probably benefits to start with a beer that has a lot of character to begin with, such as a wheat beer brewed with their Hefeweizen yeast. This method is super cool, but it's probably not something a home brewer will be doing anytime soon.
So since these technologies are most likely unobtainable for the home brewer, <laughs> a lot of these technologies are unobtainable for many craft breweries, there are some viable alternatives I think can be better than trying to emulate any of these methods or trying to heat your beer to remove the alcohol. Now, I know there are people who have problems with alcohol, either abusive or just physical incompatibility, and I sincerely don't want to trivialize anything. One of these suggestions will be to just make lower ABV beer, and that's obviously not an option for some. I'm just recognizing that and moving forward. So with that being said, my first suggestion would be to brew lower ABV beer. This can be achieved in a few ways. You can lower your total grist or utilize a high percentage of specialty grains. I'm not really a fan of this method. Uh, it tends to produce a weak tasting or just watery beer unless you really know what you're doing and have practiced the art of session British Cascales. I really want to learn more about these myself and I'm planning on working on those in the near future. Um, and there can be some recipe development that makes for better versions of low ABV beers such as higher protein malts like oats and wheat or usage of crystal malts like dextrin. But overall, this is a method I think leaves a lot to be desired from the consumer. You can also get a lower ABV beer by just utilizing higher mash temperatures. This will only get you so far before enzymes begin to denature and just stop doing anything in your mash, leaving you with a, a starchy soup. You can certainly control ABV by changing mash temperature, but to compare these lower ABV with non-alcoholic or very low ABV beer would be difficult to do. So that all leads me to something I read about a couple years ago and have wanted to try for some time. And, and that method is cold mashing. Brees, the large malting company we all know and love, has a blog where one of the scientists there, uh, Dan Baez, did some testing on cold extraction of malted barley. He looked at a percentage of color, starch, beta glucan content, and nitrogen in uh, cold extracted barley. I'll put a link to that uh, blog post in the description of this episode if you want to take a look at it yourself. Essentially, cold extraction will gain you flavor and proteins without as much starch. This can be beneficial to making low ABV beers by increasing flavor mouthfeel and head retention all while leaving those starches and therefore fermentable sugars behind. This may not be the most economical way to make beer uh, if you're looking at it uh, strictly sugar extraction and alcohol potential, but I have a feeling that it can make great flavorful low ABV beers. So you go about a cold mash by either refrigerating your mash overnight or recirculating the room temp mash for an hour or so. 
if you can't recirculate or agitate your mesh constantly, the passive refrigeration method for 24 hours will be the way to go. And you do want to have it in the refrigerator so that um, if you are going to leave it overnight, uh, organisms that work within that room temperature range aren't going to be uh, working on the mesh and it will just reduce the overall chance of developing off flavors during your mash. And so after you've hydrated your grist, um, in the blog post it does recommend a 4 to 1 uh, ratio by weight of water to barley. You'll lauder or remove the liquid from the grains. Once the liquid is removed, you will want to bring it to conversion temperatures uh, in your kettle, much like you would with a normal mash with all the solids and liquid together. Uh, doing this will convert those few long chain starches uh, you did extract into shorter ones that the yeast can munch on. But there won't be as many sugars available to be converted into alcohol because of the cold mashing process. And so after you've let your wort go through that conversion, uh, then you will boil, hop, and ferment just like a normal beer. Um, although I, I would advise that you reduce your bittering hop rates probably by 75% uh, because, because you no longer have those alcohols or residual sugars to help offset. But I think this method can make really low ABV beers, um, like below 2% ABV, quite enjoyable and tasting close to a beer in a normal ABV range. And then this also got me thinking, what if one were to pair cold mashing and using a yeast strain that doesn't convert more complex sugars like maltotriose and maltose into alcohol. I'm very curious if using a if using a yeast like Fermentus Safel LaO1 could produce a passable non-alcoholic beer without all the equipment. There are safety things to consider, such as the lack of alcohol as a preservative and all those leftover fermentables. I would think that you need to pay very close attention to sanitation and pH if the low alcohol yeast doesn't bring the beer down to normal beer pH levels uh, because it has a limited fermentation time frame. If it doesn't, one may have to lower the pH with either lactic or phosphoric acid down to below 4.5. But that's kind of all I can think of. Uh, let me know if if you know of any other safety issues I'm missing uh, due to that lack of alcohol. Reddit user Chimiku has been extremely helpful and been giving amazing feedback. They've gone ahead and pretty much done this experiment already and found that the results were okay and promising but definitely needs tweaking. Um, they mentioned that they fermented under pressure from the get-go. Uh, they had a whirlpool in their beer process and by the end uh, they had a pretty big DMS problem 
or dimethyl sulfide, which is an off flavor that can come off as like, kind of like canned corn or creamed corn. And this is an off flavor I wouldn't have thought about, but it does make sense to me. Without a vigorous and lengthy fermentation that blows off volatile off flavors and aromas, such as DMS, it can be an added challenge to making this beer that I, that I really never would have thought about. Suggested points for a more successful brew like this would be to limit the whirlpool time as much as possible. Chill very quickly because DMS issues that aren't existent in normal beers, even with prolonged whirlpool times, can rear their ugly head in new processes such as this. Plus, uh, no pressure fermentation, just like Yuchimiku recommends for their next attempt. So thank you again so much for the amazing feedback and glad others are already thinking along the same lines as I have been. And then finally, one more non-alcoholic option that has me curious is hop water. If you're like me, a lot of your desire in drinking beer is to experience those really nice, expressive, and clear hop flavors and aromas. Um, so hop water has been something I've been thinking about for a long time now, but I've never had the opportunity or time to really move forward with it and experiment. Um, but my thoughts on this seem to differ a little from others who I've seen post on this topic. Um, some things I would definitely do the same as a lot of others I've seen is to lower the pH of the water um, have a nice high mineral content and have a good carbonation. However, I think I would go about yeast differently. I know Lagunitas puts yeast on their ingredients for their hop water, but I think that the yeast added is alive with enough sugar to carbonate and make less than 0.5% ABV. I believe it is there to interact with the hops and biotransform and soften the hop bitterness or hop bite. And I am inclined to believe that they also add an alcohol sweetener such as erythritol. Again, I have no real knowledge on how they do it, but all the clues I've gotten over the years have led me to, to think that this is their process. So the way I've always thought to go about it is to make your hop water at around 150 degrees Fahrenheit um, with a good amount of hops, uh, whatever variety you want, and utilize that in probably the six to seven grams per liter range. But before you add your hops, you want to drop your pH to around 4.3 or so, uh, really something like a finished beer would be at. Uh, add enough sugar to carbonate your volume of beer, most likely around that 0.5% ABV mark, and let those hops and sugar um, hang out and extract, and then chill and add your yeast. And then once your yeast is added and everything is homogenous, transfer your liquid into your packaging uh, vessels of choice, whether that is a keg or uh, some bottles and then close those up. While fermenting, the yeast will interact with the hops and transform or soften them. 
The yeast will also help settle out any hop matter and particulate that may have gotten over to your packaging vessel um, in your transfer when the yeast flocculates out. Once carbonated, chill for a couple days and pour like a home brewer would, leaving some sediment behind in those bottles. I am certainly going to do a small batch on this method and let you know the results. But if others have, have tried this, I would love some feedback on what you did and, and how it turned out. So to basically summarize this episode, um, making non-alcoholic beer is quite tricky at home. Um, a home brewer is not going to have the equipment that a commercial brewery making these non-alcoholic beers would, and the methods that are available to a home brewer to remove alcohol probably aren't the best at actually doing so and make the beer not tasty in the process. So that means a home brewer, if they're interested in making these kind of lifestyle beers, just consider making lower ABV beers and using my recommendations uh, throughout this episode to find what works best for you and then potentially making truly non-alcoholic beer uh, with a combination of the few methods I've described. And then hop water is a new and interesting topic to me that I will personally certainly be working on and kind of dialing in a process and recipe. But I'm very interested in what others have done and getting feedback on those results. I think that about does it for this episode. Um, again, if you like this information and have found it interesting or useful in any way, those five-star reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated on your platform of choice. And tell a friend about the podcast. It helps me reach and help as many people as I can. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.